Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to a special podcast from Secret Golf. I know it's Monday, don't be confused, because our tour report is coming out tomorrow for the Wells Fargo Championship. Really looking forward to this week, actually, because the tournament has been moved to TBC Potomac. And it's because the President's Cup is going to be at Quail Hollow in September. So, I mean, this was all supposed to happen, obviously, like a year ago. But because of COVID, everything was a mess. So, um, yeah, this year, TBC Potomac, a course that we have seen a couple of times on the PGA Tour. The last time being in 2018 for the Quicken Loans National. So we're going to give you our full tour report with our top picks and our course breakdown. Basically, everything you need to know. And that will be out on Tuesday. So this podcast is a special that we filmed with Jason Duffner last week. Now, it was the Mexico Open at Vedanta and we talked to Duff. Really, the aim was to kind of get a little bit of a a lay of the land when it came to this new course on the PGA Tour. So I've taken that bit out because obviously the tournament has been and gone. But Jason really went deep into his game struggles that he's had recently, the highs and lows of being a professional golfer on the PGA Tour. Then he really talks about technology, the role that it plays and, you know, the difference between maybe the old school and the new school current era. And then the strength of field and how difficult it is to perform well consistently and win on the PGA Tour. It's a fascinating conversation, an amazing insight into the life of a professional golfer. And uh, this is Jason Duffner talking to myself and Steve Elkington. Let's talk about your game because I know, you know, where you are in your life and I know you where you are. You're a veteran on the tour and you're trying to keep your game in great shape. Where is the state of the game today and how, you know, what are you, what are you mm-hmm. focused on? How do you, how do you get the game to move forward all the time? I mean, you, 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 you and I talk a lot and we, you know, we, I still work on my game. Uh, I know you work on your game very hard. Where, where are you and what are you doing currently? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's been a struggle for the last couple of years with, with golf for me. 
I haven't played um, my best. Obviously, I'm getting to an older age, but I still feel pretty good physically. Um, I still feel like I move pretty good. I've still got good speed. Um, I don't have top speed like some of these guys, but you know, I can get driver going 115, 116, 117 club at speed. So that's that's good enough. Um, I think the biggest thing I struggled with um, is when I played really well on the tour and things were going well, I wasn't thinking about the mechanics of the golf swing a lot. Um, that was really good for me, and I just had a maintenance schedule. You know, if I was at home, I just needed to put some time in on a couple things. Um, when I went on the road, I could, you know, just have my warm-up sessions. And for the most part, when I played, the ball went where I was looking. Um, in the last couple of years, I've really struggled with that. And I think I got into some bad habits. Um, you and I have talked about it some. I've talked to Chuck Cook about it. I've talked to some um, other people in the instruction world about it. And I think, you know, I used to do something really good with my weight shift. Um, I'd get... I'd get off the golf ball a little bit uh, in my backswing, and then I'd start to recenter and start moving that weight and that center of mass left um, and getting on my left side. And I didn't know I did it. I didn't feel that I did it. It was just when I swung the golf club, that's what happened. And that's a great way to play. I think that's how all the top tour <laughs> players play. They don't, you know, things just happen, you know, that are supposed to happen. And, you know, three or four years ago probably probably closer to three years ago for whatever reason I stopped shifting that weight that way um and I started playing off my back foot which which is not a great place to play the tour from um it's hard to control the club fade hard to get any compression on the golf ball and uh your dispersion can increase so you know that leads when you start hitting the ball crooked and it's not going where you want it to go, that leads to some uh, confidence issues and, and it becomes harder and harder to play. And it also becomes, you, you kind of get caught up in the mechanics and, and you can't even go to the first tee and play the game, right? You're, you're so consumed by managing your golf swing that, you know, the aspects of playing the game of golf, hitting shots, hitting the targets, become secondary so it, it's been a struggle but um i was able to work with um the amg golf guys athletic motion golf they have a force plate they have that gear system um and i was able to capture some data that you can't see on video right and you can't see on a track man i can make track man look however i want that doesn't mean i'm doing it the right way so um, and that, and that gave me some information about where my weight was and, and, you know, how much I was turning and, you know, people are familiar with that. It measures a lot of points on your body three-dimensionally. So that was, uh, about a month ago or so. And I've slowly, um, started to feel like I'm closer to what I was doing, uh, you know, when I played my best on tour, um. So that's given me some confidence. I played about three, I don't know when Dominican was, almost a month ago. I played at Dominican, and I talked to you, and I talked to a lot of people that are involved personally with me around my game of golf, that that was the first event. After the first round or so, 
you know, you've been struggling so long and things are going well, you still have like this little guy on your shoulder telling you like it might go wrong here in a minute. <laughs> you know, that this might not be there. So you're still- it might work until we get to this whole 15 and with the crosswind into off the left. And that'll be the real test to see if it's really working or not, right? Still managing golf swing, right? So um, after the first round, and I told you this and some other people, I finally got to a place where I could play golf and I didn't have to, you know, worry so much about managing my swing. So um, I feel much better with my golf swing. I think I'm getting physically and mechanically closer to where I did uh, or where I was when I played my best. Um, And we'll see. Uh, I've struggled in my career with my putting, but I've gone to, um, I've worked really hard on my putting and, kind of accepted the fact that I need to use a claw grip and that's given me a lot of freedom and I've gotten more comfortable with that. Um, and I've gotten to where I can act- actually putt now and just focus on a routine and I'm not managing my putting as much either. So we'll see. I, th- I felt good at the Dominican. We played a team event last week um, at Zurich. I was paired with Austin Cook. I thought we played pretty well. We ended up cut by one, but um, we didn't make a lot of putts, but we played alternate shot. We had 11 fairways and 16 greens. So I feel like I'm pretty good. I have um, some events coming up. I'm playing, including this one. I think I'm playing five of the next seven weeks. Um, and then there'll be a qualifier for U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can get through that, play another U.S. Open. And then we'll finish out the year um, after that with probably four or five events. So this category. Course, you'll, you'll be You'll be at the PGA where you're a yep. past champion at Southern Hills. It was interesting. You told me on the phone not too long ago, you had a conversation with Patrick Cantlay, who's one of the best players on our tour now. And tell us what he was thinking about with his game. It was very, very uh, different uh, conversation you and I had. Just to give you an example of what, the, just to, what you just spoke of and some of the struggles that we have on tour. I say we because I've been in your chair many times. But tell us about Patrick. You went up to Patrick uh, Cantlay and spoke to him about his game. Hung out with him for a couple of days around the Honda Classic and obviously had a phenomenal year last year, won the FedEx Cup and I think he won three or maybe four events um, and just won at Zurich. And, you know, I just think all tour players pick players' brains from time to time. And, you know, I just first I just started out with, you know, what do you and your coach work on? And he replied, not much, really, just like address stuff and make sure I'm aiming at the right spot. And my ball position's good. And, and I was like, oh, so like you just swing it and it goes where you want it to. And he's like, yeah, for the most part. And I was like, oh, that must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's re- really on automatic, right? Yeah. And you can probably attest to this. And I certainly can attest to this. When I was playing my best in my career, there wasn't a lot of mechanical thoughts going on when I played golf. The ball just went where I wanted it to go often enough, if that makes sense, you know. I got to the point where I had a good enough control of my golf swing that um, when I looked at the ball and I wanted it to start here or there, it, it went more often than not there. Um, you know, you might miss your distances. Obviously, golf's an extremely challenging game because of conditions and wind and all these things. So sometimes you hit great shots and they don't work out. And some weeks you get a whole whole boatload of those and you miss a cut or you finish 50th. Um, but more often than not, 
the ball went where I wanted it to go. So that's a great place to play because then, like I spoke on earlier, you can focus on all the things you need to do to score, right? How am I going to play this hole? Uh, where can I position the ball to give myself the best chance at birdie? And that, that I don't want to say fear, but just that managing your golf swing is kind of gone, right? Because more often than not, it goes where you're looking. So it's a great place to play. I think lots and lots of the world's best play from that uh, state of mind. And unfortunately for me, I was in that state of mind for a long time. I would say starting in 2009 all the way through to 18 or 19, like, you know, I just kind of showed up. I had a maintenance plan and I knew I was going to hit it pretty good for the week. And then in 19, the ball slowly but surely stopped going at the target as much. And you start having questions and you're managing, you're trying to manage your swing and uh, your confidence is down and, and all these things that make golf challenging for the everyday player becomes a reality for a tour player. So um, it's been difficult. Um, also, you know, like I spoke on earlier, I'm 45 years old. So you get those questions in your mind as the game passed me by. Am I not, you know, physically able to do this as well as I would like anymore? Um, and you've got another 125 uh, racehorses on the same course with you every day too, right? Yeah, very out here, very competitive. I think um, we can go back 10 years, so that would put us at 2012. I would say maybe 50 to 75 guys legitimately had a chance to win. Um, I'd say pretty close to all the guys in the field have a chance to win for the most part. Um, if things go well that week, you know, you get some. Maybe there's some Monday qualifiers or some sponsor invites that maybe don't have a lot of experience. Um, but there's a lot of good players out here, and, and we see that because there's a lot of parity. We don't have a lot of multiple winners out here. It is extremely, extremely hard to win PGA Tour because not only do you have to play well and play at a high level and have a high success rate, um, you have to beat a lot of guys that yeah. are well, that's we talk we talk on our show a lot of times about when you have 15 of these it seems to me i mean you tell me if i'm right or not but it seems there's about 15 or guys that are almost the same guy on tour they're echelon above everyone else that you just spoke of you know there's some in the field this week where there's Ram or cantlay or morikawa or you know shawflay you know um the masters champion there's a bunch of them that are that are really good right there and um it seemed like that you know if they get going, they, they, they do it. Would you say that there's about 20 guys there that are just slightly better than the, the pack? I would say that the top 50 are the top 50. Okay. Um, no matter what era you're talking about, whatever time frame, those guys are really good. Like, if you're top 50 in the world at golf, like, you can do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you could win any week that you tee it up, any event against any field it can happen and then i would say like 51 to 125 these guys are good um but they're not quite as good as those guys but they also you know can win um distance has changed the game significantly there's no denying that if you can hit it far if you have 120 miles an hour club head speed or above you can 
really take advantage of that. And the game becomes significantly easier. The par fives are all reachable. Um, the long par fours, instead of hitting five, six, seven irons, now you're looking at nine wedge, sometimes eight. Um, so if you can get the driver in play, you can be somewhat competitive, know how to play the game, you know, know how to score and you get hot with the butter, you can compete anywhere. And I think you're seeing that a lot. I think you'll see a lot of guys have a very successful career on the tour for eight, 10, 12, 15 years, but they may only win once or twice because it's that competitive, you know? Um, But I top 50 or top 50, they can win. And if you want to go, like you just said, top 20, now those guys are really, really elite at what they do, you know, and they can, they can win. They can be in, they can go play three weeks out of a month and be in contention for all three, but it's hard to win. I had people ask me if I would have used, you know, we didn't have track man, you know, all we had was video when I played the tour, you know, this, and they asked me if I would use track man. And my answer was that, of course I would use track man if I, if I was on tour now, because I could, literally look at track man and see if my swing was the way I wanted it, whether let's say for me, I wanted it, you know, one degree to the right on my five iron and say six degrees down on a five iron, something like that. Um, where, where, where do you fit in, the, in, in the track man and all the data and what you actually see and feel the way your body's moving? Is there, is, is there, you're kind of a, you stra- you're one of the few players that straddle both eras I didn't have the new era. You've, you've had both. What, what, where do you fit? Yeah, I think the information is good. Um, but like I said, with TrackMan, I can make those numbers look however I want. doesn't mean that I'm doing it the right way or the shot shape's what I want. Um, I think the technology that's available is very useful. I think the 3D stuff that Gears is doing um, and KVS did KVS might have been around when you were still playing out it's pretty close yeah yeah i did a i did a i did a swing on KVS. that was that was kind of cool back in the day that that does it three-dimensionally you got sensors all over your body um kind of like people that are watching and listening uh what the video games used to do to take tiger woods and put them in tiger woods golf you know you put them in a bodysuit and you have all these sensors on you and they're all measuring different components they're measuring how much your rib cage turns how much your hips turn um where your center is uh how much flexion extension you have in your wrists and it's all at different points in your golf swing it's also measuring the club shaft club face your feet your knees the whole show right so you can see all these things that are going on and i'm assuming Um, i'm assuming when you get that data you they have a catalog of good players and they may say something like okay jason this is what you're doing but no other tour player does that this is what the this is what we i think that's i think i'm asking you the question how does a guy learn from that it's like all the tour players do this this is kind of the way we look at data right yeah they, you and i you, you and i look at data the same way it's like okay what's the what's the weight doing on every tour player and and, yeah. they, and go ahead They've, they've accumulated enough data of tour players, which are elite level players. And, um, you know, they've been able to look at all these different positions and where you are in the golf swing and the force plates, which measure, you know, where the weight distribution is. 
and they've kind of coming up with, you know, this is what the good players do. This is this is why they're good, right? And each guy's a little different. Um, people have different body types. People have different mobility uh, abilities. You know, someone like Rory can turn his shoulders 145 degrees, and I'm lucky if I can get to 100. So I'll never be able to get, you know, that, that torso and that rib cage to turn like that. But um, there are certain parameters, like pretty much everybody on the PJ Tour, if you look at a 3D profile, shifts off the golf ball an inch to an inch and a half. So weight in the right side. And then as they go from club parallel to the ground to the top, that weight starts to shift back towards the target. Um, some guys get five inches in front. Some guys get three inches. But what they do see that's similar in all of them is that the weight shifts right, and then it starts to recenter back to the left um, so that you're on your left side and you can pivot and you can get to impact properly. So a lot of these tools are really good. I think you need people around you that know how to use them, if that makes sense, to give yeah. you the right stuff. And then it also, gives you a lot of gives you a lot of confidence to know that all the tour players do that because it gives you a free like you and I talk all the time gives you a free run at going to try it. It's like you're not right. going into new territory. It's like I'm going to go there and see what see if I've been there. And not, nine times out of ten, it sparks something that you've felt before. Am I right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And and you need somebody to help you decipher what's important and what's not important for your golf swing. Um, it goes back to what you said 10 minutes ago, is which is, can I get on the tee and, and hit it where I think I want to hit it? Yeah. I think one thing that's really important that I've learned through this whole process is that how I swing the golf club is unique to me. And um, going away from that maybe isn't the most ideal um, road to go down, right? Everybody swings it a little different on tour. There are things that guys do that are all the same um you know like i said about the weight shift pretty much all the tour players have some type of lag they're leaning the shaft at impact they have good face control they have a lot of um flexion in their right wrist um you know but guys do it differently and, and it's all based on body type um physical yeah. ability and it's a lot of it's based on your grip how you grip the golf club you know somebody that has a really weak grip uh, we see a lot of guys now with weak grips, right? You got Colin Morikawa has got a pretty weak grip. John Rahm, pretty John, weak John grip. John Rahm, yeah. And they bow the club a lot in their left wrist. Well, that's strengthening. Um, I could never bow the club like that because my grip's already strong. So I'm already in that position, right? There's reasons why certain things happen for certain people. So understanding those relationships, I think, is really important for players and their coaches. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, all this technology, I think, makes it easier for players to develop. It really does. You know, back in your day, there was a lot of trial and error and you had to be yeah. um, pretty steadfast in your practice. And um, you might go four or six weeks trying to explore something by just feeling it. Right. Yeah, it didn't work. You have to start Maybe. over. <laughs> and and let, on human nature when you're not doing something well or you're discouraged to not continue to do it right so i think there you know there's probably a lot of guys out there that tried to play professional golf in the 80s and 90s that 
maybe weren't quite as determined and steadfast in their pursuit um, that maybe would have had, you know, a better chance with technology because it gave them the information, whether it was right or wrong, you know, um, they could have learned quicker. The rate of learning is accelerated. Well, that's a fascinating conversation you've had with us today, Diane. What what else do you have there? Uh, Do they have the... um, do they have the roller coaster? Are we doing that before we play up there, down there? I don't think we're doing that. They got a lighted par three. Um, yeah. Looks like a bunch of short uh, holes with funky greens and water hazards. Um, that's over here somewhere around the property. There's, I don't know how many hotels are on the property. There's like 15 hotels on the property and two dozen restaurants and, I'm going to head to the spa and get a massage because I'm oh, all perfect. Perfect. Mm, good. <laughs> to end then, you know, obviously, you know, it's great for us to, I mean, that conversation, well, right, was just fascinating. And it's great for us to hear that, you know, you do have this confidence again, like the confidence is returning. And, um, you know, obviously you played well in the Dominican Republic and you're seeing some similarities with this course. What is your kind of game plan? What do you have to go out and do well this week for you to, to score well and perform? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I didn't play the front nine, so I don't know what to expect. I think the back nine, um, there are three par fives. So playing the par fives is a huge key on this on this tour. Um, I think there's one and maybe a drivable par four I heard on the front. So you're looking at those four. Um, I'll have a better idea of what I need, like game plan wise, once I play the front nine tomorrow. But, but for me, I need to be able to hit the ball where I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> Really, that's something I've struggled with um, and I'm getting better with it. And then, um, you know, just being able to think about playing the game a little bit and scoring and, um, you know, th- there's some keys that I always look at, like I always talk to the college kids, you know, there's, there's some things you just can't do when you play golf. You can't make bogeys on par fives. You can't hit it in penalty hazards. You can't hit it out of bounds. You can't take penalty shots. Um, you need to be really good inside of, say, six feet, maybe even eight feet, whole lot of putts. You can't have three putts, um, and you can't make bogeys inside 150 yards. So um, if, I, if I can kind of clean those things up, then I think I can have a good week. But a lot of that relies on, you know, can I execute um, in my opinion, I think the, the mental part for me, it's never, I've never been able to fake confidence. If that makes any sense. I've never been that guy that can spray it all over the drive. Me, me, me either. Me either. Yeah. It's one right. thing for Tiger Woods. who had a lot of power who was way out there. Could, could kind of buy some time, so to speak with the length he had, but <clears throat> you and I, if you, if you're not on and you're way back or whatever, you you know, you feel like you get behind the eight ball a little bit. I mean, I did. I, I, know, I know how you feel about it. I need to see some good stuff, and then I'll be confident. The mental, the mental side to me was always predicated on how my physical um, acts were going. You know, I, I don't want to be out there managing my golf swing. Um, you know, if I'm aiming at a bunker, uh, and trying to hit a little cut off of that. I want to be able to hit that shot four out of five times. I don't want to see one go way left of the bunker and the next one cut 40 yards. And and that's where I was for a while. And it's hard to play the game from there. So, um, you know, I'm encouraged with what I'm doing. I'm still working hard. I think 
you know, people have assumptions that I've gotten to the point in my career where I go home and put the clubs up for a week and just show up when I get in. But I still work pretty hard. I'm still, you know, five, six times a week when I'm at home, I'm in the gym. Um, I'm practicing four or five hours a day. I'm still trying to be competitive out here because I think um, I can still win. Can I, can I, can I be a top 20 player in the world? Maybe not, but I think that I can win out here in the right week and the right circumstances. And I certainly think I can play well enough to finish in the top 125. For sure. Okay. Well, you've had it. That was a great conversation with us. Thanks for your time. We, uh, of course, are always pulling for you and um, all of our secret golf <clears throat> contributors, but you and I, uh, you know, talk a lot. So I think you've got the, a fair amount of the hard part past you. Now I think it's time to uh, see what we can get out there and do, right? Yeah, it just it just took a bit of time to figure out why the ball wasn't going where I was looking anymore, and and I needed some of that technology that we talked about. I can't see weight shift on a video. Um, I can't see weight shift on a TrackMan number. Um, we can make assumptions about it, like we talked about. Um, me, you, and I talked. About, I sent you a video one time, and you started saying, it "Looks like man, you're really on your right side. Weight hasn't shifted to the left." And, you know, we can make those assumptions, but when you go and get on a force plate and you can see that data, you, that you know, you get that. I'm confident. You know. oh, okay. Um, the one thing I wish is, is when I was playing my best, um, that I had that data already, right? That, that technology didn't even exist seven, eight years ago. So yeah. um, a bit of a process and we'll just keep playing golf until I can't play anymore. There's no more tournaments to play. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as Jackie Burke would say, it sounds good, but be ready for a disaster. That's what that's always his tip that he left me with whenever I talked to the phone on the phone to him. That's what he would always say. And yeah. of course, if he was on this call, Jason, you know he would say that to you too. Always <laughs> yeah. disaster lurking uh, when you're playing on the PGA tour. And and sometimes it's out of your control. So it's how you can rebound from that and manage that. Uh, move forward from that. I've always been pretty good about moving forward on things. So I have good intentions on the first tee every week. I think I'm going to win every week. It doesn't always work out. Sometimes, mo most of the time lately, I've been fired on Friday. If you want to check out the video, it's on the Secret Golf YouTube channel so you can see Jason. But my goodness, that was a, a very honest insight. And uh, I mean, I was completely enthralled from start to finish. We always are wishing Duff the best. And hopefully this is really the, the start of him getting back to playing some consistent good golf on tour. As I said at the beginning, we'll be back tomorrow with our tour report for the Wells Fargo Championship, bringing you our full tournament preview and all of our top picks. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.